two locks and a cox. From Devon's Radio X with Exeter Chiefs. Don't miss the friendly against the Scarlets on Saturday the 10th of February. Book your tickets today at tickethub.exeterchiefs.co.uk. Welcome to episode 24 of Two Locks and a Cox with myself, Chris Bentley, the great Gatsby of rugby union, Ian Dunstan, and the dame of the realm, Sarah Cox. This week on the field, the Chiefs lose at Bayonne, local rugby roundup with Ian. Off the field, six extra Chiefs women are in the England squad. Owen Farrell's off to France, and there's a very special announcement from me. And in the bin, decision making once again in European rugby. Should we get to it? Two locks and a cox. Before we get to it, I've got a joke. Oh, go on. What do you get when you cross a brown chicken with a brown cow? I don't know, Sarah. What do you get when you cross a, a brown woolly, chicken? A woolly with jumper. Brown chicken, brown cow! <laughs> oh my god. I actually quite like that. I know you do. You tried to keep a straight face, but you couldn't. You were like, that's fabulous. The problem is, I'm going to repeat that to my kids. And Sullivan, when he gets a joke that he thinks is good, he just goes with it forever. I, I so have been going for this for about 48 hours. He's like, how good? How good? Okay, so look, we started on a good mood, but I want to go to someone who's in the depths of depravity right now, the great Gatsby. So I had a, I had a call from him uh, about, um, it was about 10 o'clock and you were just about to go out having been um, living the life. So Ian, where have you been this week? What have you been doing? Uh, I've been to Evesham. Okay. Okay, well, good, good for you. Did you go in your Tesla? I did, I did. Um, just, I might have been drinking slow gin at 10 a.m. Were you were you high roll? Were you were you balling? Were you out with the high rollers? I was, yeah, yeah, yeah as a guest. Yeah. They, um, I think I'm just like their sympathy charity vote. They're like invite one of their poor friends well, why on do you some think of these you're nice on this things. Pod? <laughs> wow! Oh my gosh! I've got, was that a bit much? I've got oh, feeling. Wow. Sorry, was that a bit much for this time no, of it's morning? Fine. <laughs> uh, like like I said, rule three. Coxie's on fire. Rule Ian three. Dunstan's terrified. Coxie's on fire. Well, Come on. Then. What's rule three? Have a high opinion enough for yourself, so it really doesn't matter what other people think. But back to the plot. So the so the Great Gatsby. So you 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 you're on the source first thing. Slow gin would suggest you're shooting animals. Yeah. So you've been shooting. Mm-hmm. Did you have people loading for you? I heard you had people loading, didn't you? Was it like proper? You call me the Dame of the Realm. This bloke drives round in a Tesla and oh, no, has I people didn't... load his gun for him. I'm sorry. We we had a driver. Oh God! <laughs> this is what I'm getting at. Oh, you knew that as well, didn't you? Oh, God. I'm just setting him up. He's knocking it down. So you've been on it all day. You've you've done your bit for the RSPB. I have. Um, and then you've had a bit of a social afterwards that went on. And then you sent me a message at 4 a.m. saying going to bed now. Oh, was it four? Yeah, 4 a.m. with a bottle of red wine. Which, if you're drinking red wine at 4 a.m., is never the best. No. No, it wasn't. So the Great Gatsby. So that's why this week Ian is the Great Gatsby of Rugby okay. Union. That's all right. Wow. At 4 a.m.? Yeah, well, it seemed like a good idea at the time. It does until you wake up at 6 a.m. and like, holy Actually, mother. I, I, I sent the group of people I was with yesterday. I went, I'm really proud of some of the great decisions I've made in my life and not a single one of them was made yesterday. No. <laughs> no, no Not coming decisions. in at 4 a.m. No in... good decisions were made. But Especially hey. when you're in your forties, you're not you're not yeah. 24 Guess anymore. Yes, I'm love. still in my forties. Just how long have you got left? On in the... August. Oh, and then you're 50. I am. Oh damn! I know. See, people damn. think I'm way younger. Do they? No. <laughs> 
Are you sure? No, I've got a cataract as well. Oh, oh. is that why? You... Oh, excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> She'll bleep that. That got, that, got, that got dark really quick. It did. Sorry. Yeah, I'm not old enough. And the, the guy, the surgeon, uh, Mr. I-Man, came into the waiting room and looked around and was like, Mr. Dunstan. I said, yeah, he went, oh, you don't look old enough for a cataract. I said, that's, well, a, that's, a, that's a good compliment. I also got ID'd in, uh, in the supermarket the other day. No way. What a wonderful compliment oh, that I look no. young enough when to get ID'd. When I'm at the supermarket, I ask, would you, would you ID me? They're like, no, why do I need to? I yeah, like, she looked at me. She was like, oh, I'm going to need some ID. I was like, yes. Never did I think I'd end up at that point in life because I used to see that in my life my parents and yeah. stuff and I'd be like get a grip now I'm there yeah. I'm there the grey hairs are coming through you know the hangovers are getting worse and now I'm getting ID'd in Sainsbury's and I'm okay about it also how do you know when you are an adult when you walk into TK when Maxx when you say the brown chicken brown cow joke <laughs> and think it's funny it is funny it is a funny that's a dad joke uh, when you walk into TK Maxx and buy yourself a garlic crusher and a set of pants that's when you know. You I slice, if you go, I slice if you go my to homewares of TK Maxx, then you know you're an adult. Oh, I love I it in don't there. Need a, yeah. Don't need I a crusher. It. Slice it finely. I know how you know when you're the amount older. of times you're taking the finger off. Right, guys. Oh. Uh, we're when rug- dinner time we're, gets we're close podcast. to bedtime. We're a rugby podcast. Oh, so, sorry. Um, oh no, the, yeah, there was someone put a thing on um, Insta the other night. It was like, when you're a child, you're always kicking off at your parents because you want to go to bed when you want. They send you to bed at nine. And then when you're an adult, you realise you want to go to bed at nine. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah. Genuinely. Oh, sorry. Genuinely. Brad's, Brad's just held up. Yeah, start talking about start rugby. Talking Before about we start rugby. talking about rugby, I have to do um, a massive shout out. So we've got Ron Walenta in um, Equipment, Texas, who listens regularly. And I've just heard that Bernie and the Gucci gang are also listening from uh, somewhere over in the in, in America. So I almost want Oh, amazing. To our American listeners, that was welcome. the beginning of. Yeah, welcome. Great welcome. to have you on board. Yes. Uh, so the Exeter Chiefs played in Bayonne. Um, should we talk about that? They were absolutely battered in the first half, clung on, a bit of a lucky line-out play, got them in the mix. Um, Rob obviously gave them the hair-dry treatment. They came out, got right back in the game, and then a ridiculous sending off. Uh, yellow card for Duff um, gave the massive mutants of Bayon the opportunity to get back on top and then as they were chasing the game Bayon won there's my take on it that's a nice summary yeah not not a bad one but uh, like Rob in his post-match interview said we think we lost this in the hotel last night I think Rob did I think the players just got well yeah but the thing is you've got to, I've written in the paper about this this week I played in um, in Biarritz in case you didn't know and played for the Espoir, which is the, it's also called the Hopefuls. And we used to play against Bayon quite a lot. And it's called. That was Le where Ge- he's hopeful that he'd get Le another Ge- contract. The Gersaville uh, du Pays Basque, which is um, the civil war of the Pays Basque region. Mate, when you play in Bayon, they don't want to lose in Bayon. Nope. And uh, it's they, relentless. Correct. They they only just lost to Glasgow by a point. They drew with Munster. It was only that they sent their their Espoir, their second team, to Northampton. Where they got pumped, so that you know this was their first go at the Champions Cup, and they gave a proper account themselves. Their team was mass- that. I was going to say that, that tight head prop. Oosh, he was a big lad. A big boy, and their centre as well that came on the replacement. Yeah. Holy mother! I thought he what, was the Italian like- dude. Yes. Oh, mate, wasn't, yeah, wasn't, honest with you. wasn't he quite hot? I was like, <laughs> oh, look at that. That, like, that. I could imagine him sat sort of on, uh, on the Côte d'Amour si- sipping an espresso just yeah. being so stylish yeah, yeah. The Italian stallion yes. with a cravat he was wasn't he and, yeah. Yeah. and his loafers oh, yeah, with exactly. his loafers on no yeah. socks 
Yes. Doesn't, doesn't own a single pair of socks. Correct. Yep. I and can he, absolutely And he see just that. carved holes through the defence, didn't he? Yeah. And he's he's the guy that at the, when he comes charging at you at the back of a line-out when they do an overthrow as a referee, you just want to lie down and mm. say, no problem. I've always thought it must be horrible to be an inside centre off the back of a line-out because they're 20 metres. Inside centre? Never mind them. Being it's a referee. me. As a referee, no, I'm you, sat in no man's no, land. It's death. Nobody knows. Nobody's expecting you to stop them when you're an inside centre. No, I'm, I'm not stopping them, but I'm I'm going to hospital if he hits me full tilt. And you see the horrible face. Did they put? Does anyone? Does anyone have a really particular horrible face? You thought, Ugh. Chris, that is the last thing I'm looking at when they are charging at me, love. <laughs> yeah. I am trying to find the only piece Mate. of space that is behind <laughs> I, me. I, so I, I, I've never run so quickly I, backwards. I genuinely remember playing against um, Cardiff and I've, I've mentioned this before I'm sure Xavier Rush had a 50 yard run up at me from a box kick honestly I was petrified it's, it was like it's can you, snot coming out can of his you nostrils imagine that? And, and he had really savage eyes and I thought he wants to hurt me if you, can you and imagine that stop him. when you have when you when you are 10 years out of in fact even longer of taking contact yeah yeah, yeah but, you know, but you get out of the way I, El Toro uh, some people don't Okay. Jack Vermeulen does have a battle orc face. Oh, mate. He's does like, he? Just let me smash him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and he'd use his face. Oh, but Ru- I thought Rusty Tuima was impressive as well. Yeah. I think it was possibly the worst game for Rusty Tuima to be impressive because all the French people are going, <laughs> we're, we're a, bigger, bigger. a very big man yeah. who's playing well. And when he, when he was all elbows and knees on the wing, when Slady threw that monster pass out to him and he cut back and sort of... He, he, slam the winger on the floor and I thought he was going to score like the best try of all time you don't understand how hard it is when you're running fast to catch like a 30 metre pass that's hard uh, and you, you watch people do it but to have a big big donkey second row catch it you're like wow and it's Russ, also quite hard to special. throw it as well yeah not for you, Henry no not for Henry Slade like, yeah, true. he does that true. Yeah, just... is it true his rumours that he's, he's on the move because um, I know this came around the first time my, my understanding is if he's in the England mix he'll be staying in England Oh I, no! In, in, yeah, of course he's in stay in England. He's moved house. He has moved house now, is he? Coxie, we're not a salacious son. We're the, we're the we're like no. A I'm just going sheet. off what keeps coming up on my timelines, oh, and okay. it's him moving. Yeah, he's got an end of he's got an end of contract. Ah, is that what this it is? year? Got you. Will he renew? Will he go to France and now do? If he's what, in England. He's staying. What his friends I'll have done? It. I'll call it. Okay. I call it. Okay, call it. So back to the game. I th- I thought Chiefs did a lot better than Rob gave them credit for. I thought Bayonne were just very special. Their offloading game, especially amongst their big forwards, I thought their tight head had. I mean, first and foremost, he gave me hope that I could still play with a darb on him, but then he could offload and carry, and he was actually quite fit for a, a hundred and forty kilo. That's what I've noticed as well. Is like the French offloading game is unreal. Yeah. Like can can you you you? I just boom 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 boom. Yeah. Keep going, keep going until you've run out of people. Then you'll stop for a little bit, and then you'll keep going until you run out of people again. And they had that massive Georgian second row, and you didn't realise how big he was till he stood next to our big men, and you thought, oh my. Yeah. Like, oh, God, he's a big boy. <laughs> Imagine trying to have to like, red card him. <laughs> you there. <laughs> so yeah. we, had, we had a few cards, didn't we? Our Devo got done, didn't he? For, um, uh... Devo is a professional foul. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, you accept that one. You can't lie there. No, fair Get enough. out of the way. And I saw a tackle where this massive great second row, who's like six foot nine, had pretty much dug the French tun- channel tunnel, jumped in it, <laughs> gone to tackle somebody and still got carded we've, for high. We've got one of the highest rated referees in the game. I think that in the, in the bin section we talk about the DAF the DAF oh, we'll card okay. uh, and I'd also like to talk about former Chief Josh Caulfield and Coxie actually. Did you send Grant Gilchrist off this weekend? I did, yeah. yeah, that's a co- yeah. Would, I mean, run us through your weekend, Coxie. Where were you? What were you doing? I was at Scarlet's Edinburgh. Um, oh, yeah, it was actually... A really good game in the sense that there was 41 minutes of ball in play. 
that's a lot when you mm-hmm. have the volume of cards that we had. So I think it's four four yellows and one red. What were the, what were the so two yellows were for high tackles, which was three. Right. So three were high tackles. Yeah. Um, one was for cynically killing the ball five metres out. Right. And the final one was Duhan van der Meer stuck his hand out and I went for the deliberate intercept, knock deliberate. on. But, but it was so slight. When So I see some refs, when, when there's like a deliberate professional foul, they just mm. give the yellow card and they walk away and it's like, it's almost disdain, like you've ruined my game, so I'm just doing it. <laughs> no, that was the first one. But, so but it happens when, so but when quick. But when there's a high tackle with the framework, you're so much more sympathetic. You're like, look, I'm really sorry. You know, I can see what you've been trying to do there. But you've got it wrong. So by the law, I've got to give you this yellow. And I, I've, I've noticed with different yellow cards, there's like a yeah, diff- there is there yeah. is a different and there's a different there? there's different like whistle tones throughout the game as well, depending <laughs> yeah. on what you're doing. When you're when you're like, oh my god, someone's died on the pitch. The, there's old, a very heavy blow, whistle. Yeah. yeah, no, there is. Um, the first one, yeah, was was a like a technical, cynical one where he just comes off his feet and kills the ball. So that was the first yellow, and then we subsequently had high contact, uh, head on head, head on head head on head I think it was or head on shoulder and then two of the yellows equal to red and then the final one for the deliberate knock on so 41 minutes of rugby 41 minutes of TMO (laughs) yeah but in all of that so it's really difficult were you televised yeah, S4C. Right. Um, so it's it's interesting to to get that higher ball in playtime, mm-hmm. and all the cards and all the tries. I like it's it's quite hard to do all of that. So they, they it just shows that they still wanted to play rugby. It wasn't like a all we want to do is kill it. All we want to do is kill each other. Yeah. It was actually we're just getting these things wrong. And the two the two cynical ones, just ignoring them, but looking at the the foul play ones. And it was just always moving. They always wanted to move the ball. It was quite low on the on the uh, scrums as well. So, as a to be involved in, it was actually a really good game to run around. And you say you didn't see the slight touch. Did your AR jump really, in on that one, or no, did you just no. know something wasn't right? It was really weird because what I saw was somebody flick the ball out the back door, mm-hmm. so it looked like he got the back door bit wrong, and the ball scoots off, but it doesn't go absolutely flying. Right. And I was like, that's a bit strange. And then one of the Edinburgh guys that's chasing back collects the ball and then kicks it straight out into touch. And then it, there was a lot of uproar of that's a deliberate knock on. I looked at the AR and I was like, Who's coached that jacket? Was, what's going on there? Three, yeah, yeah, yeah I was like, what's going on here? Sorry, I had to, I had so, to work my way into my Welsh accent. Is it a, whose shoes are those slippers? Yeah. That's the one, yeah. And then, um, yeah, so we, so we all sort of knew something was, wasn't quite right. And then when you match all the evidence together and you think, actually, that ball went flying out the back, okay, mm-hmm. I can see that there's a problem here. So you just ask the TMO just to sweep in the background just to make sure. But what I didn't realise is that he's checking a piece of what he might think is foul play. Mm -hmm. And so what we get is a tackler that is bent at the hips at a 90 degree angle. But at exactly the point that he makes contact with the player, the player that that is just offloaded is on his knees on the floor. So he hits him directly and smashes through his head. Mm -hmm. And you look at it and you think, oh, God, that's like he's taking his head off. Mm -hmm. Um, but you do get to no foul play because nobody's done anything wrong. And by the time he makes that contact, he can't do anything. Mm-hmm. And he just, he hits him and he's like, the, the ball carries just led on the floor. So we check that off. Then we check the deliberate knock on off. Then it was from a line break. There was no cover. So then we go under for a penalty try. And this right. is on 82 minutes. <laughs> oh, wow. Did you have to do a pitch inspection or not? 
No, no, it was beautiful. Was it all all right? Yeah, really nice, really nice. It was that. It was but warmer. You, you do one anyway, or no, no, no. But no, the, fro- the frosts killed a lot of rugby recently. Yeah, that's, yeah, the, that's heard, the only yeah. reason I was asking because I saw extra Saracens. They're they're under fourteens. We haven't had training or anything for ages. Yeah, yeah they because they don't own their ground. Their council no. runs, so it's a little bit harder. It's for such them a shame you could have make such decisions. an amazing <clears throat> sports complex up there, couldn't you? Mm-hmm. I did read. Uh, yeah, the referees just called off our game after a very technical putting a key into the pitch. Oh yeah, I've done that before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah. That's, that's, it's five loca- You've got to go five sites of the pitch, and if three go in, then you can have a game. In oh really? Oh no, I didn't know that. No. There's that many laws. No, I I remember turning up once at Exmouth pitch, and I said, oh yeah, I'll go over and I'll check the pitch out for you. And, what, um, when you when you check a pitch, is there a like a, a regimen? Because I thought it was five keys. No, you you've got a you've, we've got a policy in in place, um, and that tends to be for when you turn up on the day of. Mm-hmm. So you you sort of have discussions and stuff, and captains and things like that won't bore you with it. But when you do a pitch inspection, this was at a time where I was sort of lower levels, and so I turn yeah. up to Exmouth, and Exmouth were four or five levels above where I was. And um, oh, I turned how up. How far you've come, can't I know, I know. I, honestly, um, and you I, always Santo watches for fun now. You're I know, I know. Next level. I'm sorry. Um, and then I turn up, and I was like, "Well, there's quite clearly water on the pitch. Like, you know what Xmas pitch is like." Yes. And um, I reported it back to the RFU, and they said, "Oh, sorry, but you're not qualified enough, like, as a referee, to, to say whether this pitch is oh, or wow. isn't." Wow. They have, like, pitch I didn't inspector real- general. Well, I didn't realise you had to be there's qualified wiz- to know what a puddle was. <laughs> no, like- <laughs> there's, some wizard old, there's some wizard old person come yeah. on, I'm looking at that pitch, it's playable. Hang on, yes, it's, it's, yeah. yeah, but this <laughs> is the RFU. You will know there'll be a rule somewhere. Someone will have taken a survey and done something about it. We've had a game called off at Tiverton because the water started coming in the top of our boots. <laughs> the referee oh, wow, decided... Yeah. Yeah, Do you I'm remember that the county now. ground? Oh, mate, the county ground was magnificent. It was we, we used to water the pitch when it was raining. <laughs> really? Oh my god! <laughs> if not far off. If we were playing teams that we knew were, were probably better ball players than us, mm. then we would water the pitch. And, Wh- and which is was... the real muddy one? Was it Otley? Oh, Otley, we played. We played a game against Plymouth Albion at the County Ground, and Nat Salmi scored a try down the um, the grandstand wing in slow motion. I reckon it took him about. 30 seconds to run down the touchline it was honestly you were like lifting your feet out of the mud it oh was ridiculous God, I remember there's that that iconic, South Malton there's, there's an there's iconic there's, picture there's one, though which is it was, Otley, it, was, it was me um, Hanksy and Tony Walker and you could, it was like the Frank Cotton which is covered in mud I had this I had this I went out and did an international Scot- uh, Italy against Scotland mm-hmm. and they said I was on the runway and they said we, we are going to need to do a pitch inspection I said well I'm, I'm not due my, my flight's delayed I'm mm-hmm. sat on the runway um, in the morning, I'll come over and do it. Came over, albeit there was not a lot of grass on this pitch. It was it was dry enough. I was like, look, we're just going to have to crack on. So we cracked on um, during the day, the game, and it was like, oh, okay, like it's getting a little bit wetter. It's starting to rain. Apparently, at half time, there was this almighty dump of rain, and like it was like a year's worth of mm-hmm. rain in this fifteen minute yeah. period. Come back out, and I was like, oh, that looks a little bit little bit wet by the end of the game you couldn't tell any of us apart mm-hmm. including me and so i turned around at one you point over or something just... no no it's just splattering right, okay. up against me an inside center ran at her <laughs> yeah, that's what happened <laughs> at the back of the line out yeah but have you even been to south Molton if you've not played on that bottom pitch oh my god yeah have you oh, hey, yeah hey, and the top pitch hey, as hey, well hey, yeah so anyone that's listening if you want to come and watch some local rugby with me i'm at south Molton this weekend no idea are who you? playing oh fantastic my mate, my mate kieran johns is, is sponsoring the game and we are Tucking right in. I remember, I'm staying up. I'm having a bit of a do. Oh, amazing. South Molten, very excited. Raps for them. I used to referee Molly. Yeah. 
bless him. He was great fun. Flashing blade on the wing. Mate, he's still got one of the... He played in the elevator. He's got one of them beaters from that, that game. I'm well jealous. Oh, that Red no. Bull elevator. They had the best stash ever. Yeah, you could not have played that. No, you I can't know. run up the stairs, let alone on the oh, seventh pitch. No, I, but let's be I realistic. Did, I, I did now on the row machine this morning. No, that's really okay. Well. But I'm your in, ankle I'm is... I'm top 100 people in the, um, in the world. Oh, wow, are you are you like that gnaws of Strava but for rowing? Of course yes. he is, but that's because that's because he's rowing me from Barcelona to Ibiza. That's my, that's a good point. He's rowing you. My concept too still is like a clothes horse. I might find it. It's got shirts hung <laughs> over it. And Honestly, we're stuff. like Rocky and Ivan Drago. He's got like mm-hmm. the best. He's got all the gear. I've got a concept too from 1980. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, I'm surprised the screen yeah. works. Yeah. Anyway, let's get back uh, to rugby. Uh, well, we've well, digressed well, again. We, we've done the Chiefs, and I, I think they've got a mega game this weekend with Saracens, which I'm certainly excited about. And it's um, going to be a really interesting one as well because they've got Farrell, as we Sar- know. Saracens oh, are the yeah. wounded beast. So they, they have Monsieur Farrell. Yeah. Um, um, well, we can talk about that off the field, but but I think I think Chiefs are going to beat Saracens. Well, they Saracens. don't. Have, Saracens won't have any of their other internationals, what they say. No, Jamie George, they're all in training camps, and yeah. without them, they are. They're in Spain. I thought I just seen. Yeah, them yeah they are. Yeah. I think. Is it I think, Spain or Portugal? Can't remember which one, yeah, but that, yeah. That I, think, I think it's Italy, but you know. Oh, it might be Italy as well. <laughs> uh, although um, I was, I, I felt upset that um, your boy from Newcastle, Blamaya, got called up um, because I, I, I really am a part of the Dan Frost fan club. I think he could be in the mix for England. I oh, think, what a try down the? Uh, they did well, a front peel, didn't they? Or, or how about this for a, for a controversial call? So Luke Cowandicki pulls out with an injury. Why not take in a slightly older boy that you go right? We're going to fill a gap. We know we know you're not you're not going to be with a full World Cup cycle, but you're one of the best hookers in the league, Jack Yendel. Just throwing it out there. I think Yens is a cracking lad. He's uh, an amazing player, and he's an amazing player for Exeter. If you looked at his age and all those things, could you really take him over Frosty? Knowing that England need a hooker who's battle-hardened, ready to go, and probably only just for injury cover for Dickey, I'd say, yeah. Who who doesn't make mistakes. Dickey's injured again, don't know. Oh, right, okay, we don't know what right. it is. Well, I do. He's spent 30 years of his life having absolutely no respect for his body whatsoever, <laughs> as in on a pitch. Yeah, uh, yeah. Look at the way he tackles, just throws himself he throws at people's himself ankles. He's, he? Yeah. Like, yeah, he's just a beast. I'll show you a photo after. Uh, so local rugby, um, I'm really excited. I, I was talking to... Oh, oh sorry, Coxie's telling me off microphone. microphone. I've got to be yeah. close to my microphone. I was talking to Dan Gatton from Chew Valley the other day, and Chew are playing Devonport in a big game this weekend. So, well, there's two big games down in Plymouth this weekend. Devonport and Chew, top of the league clash. Oof, nice. So Chew are all about top of the ground, throw it around. Devonport, yep. massive pack of forwards, want to beat you up. Um, and um, Dan said that he's actually a fat fly off often gets mistaken for a prop but he runs at 10 for them so he's saying that it's a big game for them top of the league and also Plymouth are playing DMP which is the um, building Plymouth fixture so if you're in construction and you're not at the Devonport ground for Plymouth Albion then you're missing out because everyone that's anyone in construction is at the Brickfields Love and Albion that. should win that and keep up chasing tight in third well, spot so if you're third, not there you're not even in construction Basically, the Building Plymouth game, Emma Hewitt sponsors it, and everybody that's anybody in the construction game is at that game. Sweet. Nice. Mm-hmm. So I've got the Chew Valley Devonport, so they are right at the very top of the table. Yeah. One point away. Yeah. Both played 14, both lost three. Mm. That's a proper game. That's yeah. a proper league. Yeah. That's some good rugby, that is. Well, no, I, mate, that one still remains the best league in the galaxy. You some phase, of the scores. Isn't it? Yeah. Although, I've, I've put on Twitter, uh, I've, had, I've had some great fun on Twitter this week. I've but noticed. The, the, Dinosaur, the, it's called X. The, it's Twitter for We're me. We're going to call it Twitter yeah. just for the your man. The, um, the, 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 the pitch announcer at London Scottish was amazing. Oh my god! How good was he? 
<laughs> so much. I wet myself. I was looking at the championship rugby. They posted it. And he's, he's commenting away on... Um, on like just spectators wasn't it yeah. and then there's one and he goes come on yeah, you so go-. and it, it was goes Coventry on. against London Scottish and he goes come on Carve and he and goes well goes- that went down like a fart in a spacesuit <laughs> <laughs> oh, on the on the tannoy yes, <laughs> no. yes genuine genuine and if that's you what you need follow, follow championship rugby as well on, on um, Instagram they they have clipped that come on yeah. you with like birds flying out of the um, out of the trees right. like animals right. like <gasps> Yeah. <laughs> like right. it's unbelievable I couldn't stop the laughing the thing was there was a few people going oh we couldn't even watch the rugby he was just commentating the whole game I was like mate that what more is, do you want that is amazing you, you don't you when don't. you're on limited resource if you've got an MC that's got that, that sort of crack and yeah. I, my mate Simon Greenhill at Saracens was like Simon you need to do this at Saris next week unbelievable oh no you just can't having do that. a crack you can't do that really can't. Proper so I thought you just spent your time on X fighting with people oh yeah I noticed that you you do love a good fight with someone don't you we'll bring you? that in the bin we'll talk about that in the bin that's oh, for God, later okay. on okay alright okay anything else, anything else locally that we need to be looking out for Ian the, the local rugby I mean there wasn't much last week because uh, it the was a, a blank finger and then yeah, yeah frost that came through but uh, a couple games went on yeah Exmouth lost to Launceston uh, interestingly Lance, there, yeah and in the in the other league there was just one game Chard and Burnham so uh, Chard Chard is such a the, the, Chard are like you look at their team and the, normally rugby teams you can pick a team there's the second row there's the winger Chard they're all just farmers so they're all sort of similar shape massive forearms mega hands you can't maul against Chard no, you cannot. They, they are the, the more they all got all man strength. Funny little yeah. pitch as put well. Them, put them in a gym; they'll all be useless. But if you say right, you got to bail this hay for five days, but yeah, no problem. Yeah, yeah. But that's, that's a really cool league. That one. So you know, Sidmouth has sat at the top of it, uh, looking all right with credit and below. But you know, the massive shout out there has to go to Topsham. You know, they sat in fourth place. They've only lost four games out of fifteen this mm. season. Oh, having play. got, having got. I mean, Chris Whitehead Double. left there a few years ago, Hamburg and they've coach. been promoted. Yeah, <laughs> genuinely. Like we, I think they call him Chrissy the parachute yeah. uh, like that just holding you back the whole time he left and uh, and they've flown so they've done really well and it's really good to see that you know Topsham have gone up got promoted off they go upper league got promoted and then really held their own because you find that we talk about the different levels jumps jumping up one league it, it seems like that but you can float around the bottom but to get to the top of that league that's above you is really hard work okay. yeah it is yeah so well, yeah. well done before we go off the field what I'd like to do now is take a break and uh, listen to the Statman Ian's had a chat with Statman we'll get some stats that will sort of lead us into next week and we'll discuss what's gone on this week and then we'll go off the field Two locks and a cox. Hey, Statman Dave. So uh, we had the game last week in uh, in Bayonne. The uh, the flight over on Saturday, and they flew back on Monday. Um, so you've got some cool stats for us. Yeah, unfortunately, a lot of them relate to yellow cards, but they seem to be the topic of the week. Um, with Exeter collecting a, a number of cards on Saturday, uh, Sunday, sorry. Um, that's now 10 yellows and one red for them this season in, in the Premiership in Europe in 15 games. and But eight since Christmas, including the red, um, in the last four games. So I think it is that fatigue starting to set in after this long run of games they've been on since start of September. Um, weirdly, though, and this is my favourite stat relating to this one, um, Daft Jenkins was the sixth person, well, it was the sixth time someone has tr- scored a try for extra Chiefs this season and been yellow carded in the same game. <laughs> That's brilliant. One player has achieved that twice and it will probably surprise nobody to know that it's um, 
Stu Townsend, who is excellent at scoring tries and also has a, a habit of picking up yellow cards as well. So how many? Um, so he's had two cards this year, has he, Stu? He's had two yellow cards and scored in both games as well. Wow. Okay. Um, moving away from that, Greg Fisselau, um not often the most celebrated or the, of the brilliant youngsters in that pack. But I think it's really important to note he's made the second most number of tackles in the Champions Cup so far this season. Made 58 in the four games extra have played. Um, he's a little bit behind Hodner at Munster, who's made 65 tackles. But he's played fewer fewer minutes than anyone else who's made 50-plus tackles in the competition. That's so he's averaging right, a tackle it? every four and a half minutes, uh, which is brilliant. And when you consider Exeter's games... Um, Holding on to the ball. Holding on to the ball and that they, mm. there's not that many tackles to make uh, mm. compared to some of the other teams. Um, it's an incredible achievement. So looking ahead to Saracens for the men this weekend, um, feels a little bit like the conversation we had last week about um, about the women's record at, at Saracens. Um, the last four trips there for the men have been a 32-point defeat, a 16-point defeat, a 23-point defeat and a 31-point defeat. And they've conceded between 35 and 40 points every time. I prefer to think of that as a expectation management stat for everyone rather than anything negative. <laughs> um, it can only get better. And maybe the way it will get better is actually Chiefs have scored 7,997 premiership points to date. So if they score on Saturday, that'll be 8,000. So we're going to go over that, aren't we? You would hope so. You would certainly. Definitely. We're, we're, we're positive. Yeah. And, and that's obviously the last of a long run of games for the men. Um, and the women on this weekend, they'll be playing their 11th game of the season. And just to compare how the seasons have been structured for both teams... Um, since the women played their first game on October the 1st, uh, the men have played 11 Premiership games, four Champions Cup games and two Premiership Cup games. So that's 17 games since that same weekend. And like I say, um, that'll be their 18th game on, on this Saturday. Uh, the women have just played 11. So that's probably why the men look quite tired and the, and the women look like they could do with an extra couple of games for sort of cohesion and, and stuff, maybe. Yeah, making um, the most of their weeks off. Yeah, yeah. They, you, you, I would imagine Rob and Susie would probably agree that the optimum number of games is not 11 or 17. No, in somewhere time. in the middle will do us nicely, yeah. A um, couple of things to look out for for the women this weekend. Uh, their run of tri-bonus points I've talked about before. They've taken 27 tri-bonus points in 29 league games. A couple of individual stats to look out for. Uh, Claudia McDonald has scored a try every game this season, so she's looking to make it... Uh, seven on the bounce and uh, Gabriel Cantona 295 points for Exeter so a bit but it's another landmark that's hoping an interview for someone um, so she could well get to 300 points this week which is cool because uh, yeah she's uh, the main kicker isn't she and she's yeah. uh, had a, a pretty good uh, try scoring stat as well so far this year yeah yeah so, so she's picked up a few that way as well but yeah um, so that, I think that'd be a really nice stat for her to achieve because I'm, I'm, I'm assuming she'll be the first to do it for Chiefs women which sounds great brilliant well thanks for those great stats we'll uh, fingers crossed for uh, all the sides this weekend and uh, our trip to Sarries and we start uh, reversing that uh, downtrend of uh, of losses there yeah it can only get better can't it it Hopefully. can only get better exactly that brilliant cheers Dave two locks and a cox from Devon's Radio X
with Exeter Chiefs. Don't miss the friendly against the Scarlets on Saturday the 10th of February. Book your tickets today at tickethub.exeterchiefs.co.uk. Well, that was an interesting stat, man, a nice stat ad break, but let's get into off the field. Exeter Chiefs women, I think it's magnificent to see six are into the England squad. Um, there was five announced originally, and then Brooke Bradley got added as a scrum half as well. Yeah, as an injury replacement. It's tough, though, isn't it? Because you can imagine you would have had that slight glimmer of hope that it would have happened, and then it doesn't. And you've and got all does. that emotion, and then it does. So yeah. the you know the, the she's there, uh, and that's great. But you know it must be a real roller coaster of emotions, and now she's got to step up and prove herself, which I'm 100 percent sure she can. Well, I'd say I mean, Claude McDonald and Maisie Allen for me are probably shoe ins to play. Are the other are the other, are the other girls got a shot? I think everyone's got a shot because you've got a new regime as well. Oh, so love, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, so it's, Mitch um, has come in. John Mitchell. Yeah. John Mitchell. Oh God, he's got back a story. in the day when he was at Sale, supposedly. <laughs> Um, they'd lost a game and he called all the lads in on a Sunday and went, and they all came in and went, right, we've got these slabs of beer and no one's leaving until we've drunk them. Uh, and a few of the lads were like, mate, I'm married with kids, like, I can't do this. And he tried to do this team building thing and it all went wrong. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Uh, but anyway, got sorry, it. back to the plot. Uh, talking <laughs> of which, just quickly, um, Newcastle won at Perpignan. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. You, and they scored some worldy yeah. tries. And Co- Codlin. Yeah, Mickey, um, Mickey Ward, my old England under-21s teammate, leading the way. What a coach. Yeah. Played 1-1-1. Codlin stepped down, yeah. got an interim head coach, mm-hmm. and then they go out and win on the first That's game. Sometimes you get that. Yeah. And yeah, I you, bet you, with Steve Diamond coming in, they could go and bloody Northampton's nose this weekend. <laughs> Steve Diamond is one hell of a coach. He's such an angry man. We've seen, we've seen this before, haven't we? That a coach has left, and then all of a sudden, a performance comes out of absolutely nowhere. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. It's what, great for them. Yeah, it is there, really. there is there is something about it in the bounce back ability. It's why the Premier League do it. That sports science money ball. They know that if you change the regime, you will get a, an uplifting performance. Yes, it doesn't last, isn't it? But you can get like one or two performances out of a team by doing that. Yeah, but luckily that's not in rugby. Uh, <laughs> as the money comes in, unfortunately, and we'll talk about that. Oh with, God, with, don't start off Before we do that, let's talk about the the women that have been picked for England. Yeah, unbelievable. I think that's that's great for Exeter as well. And Merrin, right? So Merrin, do you say Merrin Dodge or is it Merrin Doidge? Doidge, I believe. Doidge. Yeah. I, I want to always call her Dodge because it's the best name ever for a no, player. I agree for a fullback as, well. as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dodge. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I've yeah. seen her duck dive Dodge. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Chris is not impressed no, at that. Look no. at his face. <laughs> Because he's, he's, <laughs> he's trying to remember the film, that's why. No, I'm not. I'm not a touchball, obviously. Oh, so um, I'm, looking, I'm looking at my list again. See, I think Merrin Dodge is an unsung hero of the Chiefs because she's quite a flashing blade from the back backfield, isn't she? She is, yeah. Uh, and Cla- Claude's obviously going to play because she's just a machine. Claude, yeah, because Claude is Claude. Yeah. yeah. Now, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the new regime because there's a couple of names that have been left out. There's uh, a couple of new names that have come in, and I think he'll just be he'll be wanting to look at as many players as he can and build how he wants to build mm-hmm. and make his blueprint. Um, obviously, Middleton was in there for a long time. He was that was his sort of set regime. I think now he's Mitch has got an opportunity just to sort of wipe the slate clean. Mitch, the Mitchinator. Oh wow. Mitchatron. Sorry, is he I, is he Mitch to you? Do you see him at well, the That's when you only go to the how RFU? I've ever been introduced to him. So. Oh, do you see him at the RFU? Do you yeah, like Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, I'll say hello. Is he quite intense? He seems like quite an intense bloke. I, I must admit, I haven't had enough of a conversation to know if he's intense or not. Right, okay. So I we've crossed paths in WXV mm-hmm. um when he first came in and he, he took uh, very much a back seat in, in all of that and let yeah. and let Deeks get on with it. Um Deeks. 
Well, I do know Deeks. I do have a lot of conversations with Deeks. So. Look at you just name dropping like boom, sorry, with boom. Ian, Ian's been quiet for a minute. He's just picking all these names up off oh, the floor no. for the day. I've been really sorry. busy. Sorry, sorry. I was down there oh. with my Tesla. Do you know, I uh, I heard the interview with the Northampton defence coach, the rugby league guy. Yes, I did oh, too. It was so um, amazing. What, Langley? I, Langley? I, I'd run through walls for him. He was really good to listen yeah. to. And the other uh, thing I've been listening to, because I was uh, obviously driving oh, a few bits in the car. a lot of lads that used to play for Bradford. Was it Bradford no. back in the day? Was. Bradford. Have you spent any time with Johnny May? A phenomenal. He is phenomenal. absolutely brilliant. It's so good. It's <laughs> honestly so good. Yeah. I loved it. Like, have you maybe have you heard his I could, there are some good bad rugby? People, there are some eccentric people in the game. But, the other, I, but the he other was talking was, about being scared the um, whole time. He's just scared. I think that's why he ran so fast. Jamal, Jamal Ford Robinson, when he got man of the match, he said, yeah, it's all about me. I deserve this. I'm the best. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Did he? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Post-match interview. That's so good. Oh, so Love cool. characters. He went into this story about would you rather an um, uh, would you minimum rather wage a... or a million pound a week and there was a snail constantly chasing you and if the snail touch you you die and then they got all into yeah public transport that it can get on planes oh, and mate, all yeah, sorts so, and he just he just went completely into it it was mm-hmm. brilliant really it's was. phenomenal yeah it if you get phenomenal. people that will take stuff like that and run with it it's good crack and then he just told stories that he didn't know and uh, most of his stories involved fear or people stealing things off him he's just he's a very genuine human yeah being. really nice great okay. great interview anyway we've digressed again okay Sorry. well no so let's move on to Owen Farrell moving to France um, any any thoughts on that one? Nat- natural movement, isn't it? He's got there. He's going to be offered the money. They've had you know some amazing fly halves, haven't they? You know, Finn Russell obviously left them last year to join Bath for a million reasons. And uh, fair play to Owen, oh, he's going to do that. I'm going to I'm going to retract. So earlier on in the season, I said that um, Finn Russell to Bath was a bad bit of business. I'm thinking it's a great it's bit of business. Yeah, you're fair completely wrong. I'm it's, wrong. It's an unbelievable uh, but, but, piece but of marketing. Monday, you can put your hand in there and go. Do you know what? I'm wrong. And, yeah. and, and, and also, he's making that team fly. And that's why that stadium is selling out. Yeah. He is, he's doing all the right things. He is an unbelievable piece of marketing. And whoever decided on that, is, it's worth I've seen. Penny. I've seen a clip from the Six Nations, the full contact thing, and, and they're all doing the, the hip, hip openings where you, you stand over the the hurdles and he's got his hands in his pockets and he's like yeah I've never really been that interested in training <laughs> turn it on in a game like, yeah. talking of which did you see the uh, Roland Ogara um, interview, interview with uh, Antonio and, and yes. he's saying about Will Skelton he's like <laughs> Will Skelton oh, yeah, Antonio and uh, Bottier yeah they're, they're they're like, really they train. don't really train yeah. But if you can if you can match them on a match day, then you cannot train as well. How good was that? Yeah. How unbelievable is it for a head coach to stand there and say, "Yep, that's what happens." Mm. They they live by their own rules, and it works, and yeah. it works for everyone. Well, we we back in the day we had that with Sorelli Nakalavuki. Really, he could do what he wanted, and then on a match day, just turn up and win games. He had his yeah. own season, didn't he? Oh mate, he was <laughs> different gravy that man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there was, yeah. There was, was a game it? I was on the bench at Harlequins, and he just decided he wanted to win the game and was just charging around, just throwing offloads for days, like huge man. And he's like the king of Fiji now. He's, it, a proper pro- he's a proper tribal chief. Him and Natsaomi are like royalty over in Fiji. Really? They run the show. Wow. If you ever go to Fiji, just ask, ask for Sorelli. Check it easy, that's what he used to say. Wow, yeah. I don't Bro. think I'll be doing that. Okay, well, should we? Um, oh, uh, I've got, I've got a oh, big announcement from Chris. Oh, God. big announcement! What is coming? Can we just say that we've not vetted this? I had a phone call yesterday. Okay. Do you want to know who phoned me? Have a guess. I don't want to. Well, wasn't the king. I'm not going to play your game. Uh, he's, an, he's another member of the British Embassy. Uh, Tony Laroni, Tony Rowe. 
call me up. You had Rowie call Rowie you? Rowie phoned me up. Go on. And he said, Chris, we'd like you to host the end of season dinner for Extra Chiefs. No way. <laughs> Yes. That is better than getting yes. a job offer. If you want to talk about a redemption arc, Chris Bentley has done the hero's journey. He's gone and he's coming back. It's like the the return of the king. No, it's like it's like the phoenix rising from the ashes. <laughs> to be honest with you, on the back of this, if Jesus sponsoring this, they'll probably bring up right. Yeah, he's not in anymore. That's it. Oil, we'll oil floats on water. We'll get Flatman back. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Oh, so, okay, there's the reason. I've done. I've Flat- done six. I've no. done six end of season dues in my time and I'm back for my seventh so essentially wow. Flats was busy yep Flats was busy Bayfield, Bayfield was, was uh, painting his house <laughs> Will Greenwood <laughs> wasn't available look the bottom line is it's not until the 10th of May so the fact they've asked me in January would suggest that I was early on the list oh. if, if I'd have got the call on like May the 1st oh we're really excited let's do this <laughs> no you know you've but still got time to be... if you need someone to keep it together I am your man you've still got time to be cancelled yeah that's very true uh, well, Ouch. Well, be that, nice. That, that's a very we, positive thing. Well done. Shall we move to In the Bin, in our the final bin. section? Yes. Is this yeah. about X and everything else? Because I've got an, a Nigel Owens page here. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> which I'm just going to go with the end one is Glad I Retired. Well, no. So the, 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 the factoid. Coxie just headbutted the microphone. The factoid, the factoid that I got was there's been nine sendings off in European rugby this, this season, and five of them have been overturned on appeal. Oh, which, that's which, a big bomb to drop Which there. would suggest that we're sending people off so that it looks like we're doing the right thing, but then afterwards we go, oh, yeah, you know what? Don't worry about it. You should play next week. Big statement, Christopher. Well, Very big I, statement. I, well, let's start, with, let's start with the one that I'm really... I was really upset about was Josh Caulfield, who is going into a ruck, and as I see it, he's, he's looking to lunge over Finley Beetham, who is in a legal position, shouldn't be where he is, and he's lifted his leg and he's going to lunge beyond him. And as he does that, Kyle Sinclair is flipped on his back and kicks Josh in the face. Josh flinches and puts his boot on Beetham's head. Now, absolutely categorically, rugby incident, there is no malice. The, the intention doesn't matter. It is a clumsy moment. And you cannot legislate against that. Rugby union involves big people moving at pace. Sometimes things go wrong. That was a classic sometimes things gone wrong. And I think that's exactly how uh, Nigel Owen sees it. Because he said it's either a complete accident, mm. and if that's the case, just play on. Yeah. But the board, when they overturned it, said, well, it was foul play, but it, it wasn't reckless. But, so it didn't um, warrant we'll, a red we'll card. No, but, no, but, it's not that. I, it says, I, hang on, it says... It doesn't warrant a red card. Listeners, listeners, you so heard it. You heard it first on Two Locks and a Cox, episode twenty-three, when Chris said it's not the referees; it's the people above the referees that don't know what they're doing. Oof. He did. He did then put his not opinion quite. in. Well, no, sorry, genuinely, he, listen, listen to this judiciary. It's bonkers. Yeah, but he did hanging put, referees out to dry. He put in there for what it's worth. It was a red card for me, as it's not an actual action of rucking, and it's reckless. Glad he retired, but. You're right. I mean, it is really tough that that they're making these decisions. They're putting out these frameworks that you have to work through, that you do very well with the TMO and all those things. You come up with a decision only for you then to be undermined the following week. I think I think what people don't realise is that the the citing commissioners and the the panel of citing work completely separately. Mm-hmm. So there are a different group of people. There are some ex-referees. There are some people that have been involved mate, in the game my, in my other mate ways. My mate Sean Gallagher is a citing commissioner. Yeah, he was he is, a yeah. savage. Well, that's probably why he's on there. He knows what's going on, doesn't he? Oh, completely. <laughs> he used to go on and just do jobs on people. Like yeah. Jen. He was, he was from a proper 
different different school of best rugby. gamekeepers were poachers oh yeah <laughs> very but, true sorry Coxie I, I shouldn't true. have interrupted apologies no, no, no. to everyone I will not have interrupt Coxie in this diatribe go Coxie it's, no no so it's, it's interesting because you, you do get things like that you're, you're not always going to match up because you've got heat of the battle as a referee I've got to determine what's going on I looked at that one look and I was like that looks like a red card to me and you can, and I think I really like the way that you've explained it, Chris, because you're absolutely right. You're explaining it from a player's point of view, but the fact of the matter is, he stood on someone's head, mm-hmm. and you've got to take care. You've got to look after people that are in vulnerable positions. And I get that you're saying he's illegal. He, he's got to move. He's got to move somewhere. And yeah, stop putting your hand up. I'm not going to talk over you, but this is this is the big thing for me. It's rugby union. And if he stood on his head and we can all see that it is a complete accident, we play on. But we and don't, rugby we, union, we, we've got to get beyond this point, right? We cannot remove danger from rugby. And if we do, it's not rugby. Yeah. And sometimes things take place on a rugby field that are dangerous. And I'm, I, you, if anybody wants to, CC, at CC Bentos on Twitter, look at my replies. There's too many people now coming on. Should have got lower. Got to be safe. We've we got to, No, rugby union has danger. And, and that is the appeal of the game. Now, absolutely, we don't want to have headhunters. We don't want to have people stamping on people and, and just thumping them in the head. No. But there are occasions where it goes wrong. And Josh Caulfield is a prime example of rugby union taking place. And, and, and that's it. And, and sometimes it, it, gets, it can be nasty. Someone can have a bad injury. But if we, we've got to understand that is the game. How do you referee that? Yeah. Well, exactly. You go, that's a rugby incident. Let's play on. Yeah, but when you look at it, it doesn't look like a rugby incident. You look at it and you're like, that is abnormal to what we would expect oh, at happening. But if at you a look rug. at his movement pattern, he's lifting his leg to go over the body and then he gets booted in the face accidentally and flinches. Yeah, and then and you, got... and you watch as, his, as, he, as he lands on Beetham, you see him jaunt, j- jiggle his foot away because he's not trying to stamp down onto his head. He's just been caught awkwardly. Yeah, but then that was your defence when you elbowed someone in the face and got red carded that you were only lifting your arm up. No, so... I was arm to punch a bloke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to that in the end, yeah. but, but to back start then, off back with... Then, but when I was playing, you could punch people. You'd get a yellow card, you would yeah, get Yeah, but and this, is, this is the and, difference. And you know what? You ha- we had to legislate to stop dingbats like me. Yes, and that's that's the difference now, is that we've got to, we've got to look after people. Look, it looks a very unnatural thing to do. And when we if we look at it holistically and we look at it as a, as a whole thing, there was another red card for something that was quite similar in and around the ruck, and it was an unnatural movement. So when we Curtis go back... Curtis Langdon, and, correct, yeah. Correct, the Northampton red card. That looked wrong, though, all the way through. You could and see... The, you can argue the Coalfield one looks wrong all the way through. You can, you can you, argue... You could do, yeah. Yeah, and it, you can argue the both of them look wrong we go back to people saying we want consistency there's your consistency they both looked wrong the referee says these both look like unnatural movements and unnatural things to do around a breakdown and you're right you Caulfield gets kicked in the face okay fine mm-hmm. but you've got to determine this in about 30 seconds otherwise everybody starts getting all upset that you've got the the replays mm-hmm. happening too many times on the on the, on yeah, the but, screen but- but, but we can't have it all of it. We oh, can't no, have it both the, ways. The, the problem for me is we've now got a, a breed of zealots. There was a bloke last night that said, I've, having seen the Caulfield incident, I can't see any parent warn their child to play rugby. And I went back and said, well, I'm a parent and I'd like my children yeah, to play rugby. Yeah, but that bloke would have been playing for England, but he had like a knee niggle when he was uh, yeah, 17 know, but, and it, but, it kept him but, out but, of the but side. But the problem, and... is, the problem is these hyperbolic <laughs> statements are being made by people and they're going unchallenged and then the, the lawmakers are then making laws 
that aren't really applicable to the game and we need to lean back into it. Now, I don't I think anybody's made be, that law. No, but I want rugby to be as safe as it can be, but we have to understand that the, the, there's a nuanced point where there is going to be damage in rugby, people are going to get hurt, and that is the appeal of the game. But what, what you're dealing with is opinion and subjectivity, right? It's like the mm-hmm. subjectivity is that referee believes that that is an unnatural movement yeah. to, to happen. And um, in the Northampton one, Tuel, I think, describes it really nicely in the sense that I'm not here to determine whether you've done this by accident or not or whether you have any intention I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna discuss that with you. What I'm gonna discuss is the facts. You have need him in the face. Mm-hmm. We're gonna discuss the facts of of Caulfield. You have stood on his head. Mm-hmm. So the facts are these look like unnatural movements. I don't know whether you've done it. But but, but so let's look, let's move this on then. Daffy Jenkins, you've put your shoulder into his face. You've got to be sent off. Well, hang on a minute. He's six foot eight. He's bent at the waist. He's bent at the knees. You're not allowed to tackle anymore. So we're in the middle of this law, aren't we? Because if that was uh, nat one or below. The nine would have been uh, sent penal- off for dropping into the not contact. sent off. No, penalised. Right. It's a penalty. Yeah. So would have been penalised because he uh, he did a change of height just before the contact. And that that's where if you if you take that that's where we use that in the professional game as mitigation. Mm-hmm. Exactly, so so yes. rather than penalising, we use it as mitigation in and around that. Now again, we're going back to subjectivity, and what we need to understand is that we have got about a minute to decide all of this. Everybody else that's talking about this and that's talking about it on X and what have you has had hours and hours and hours to talk through this. Looks at this clip, this clip, this clip. I've got 30 seconds before you lot start booing me because the replay's coming up too often. You've also got a bit of a lactic deficit. Correct. Because you get your rosy red cheeks running around. No one, no. I get, you should have seen the ones that I had on the weekend. Honestly, honestly. In that cold weather as well. Oh God! Sorry, looked, come on, you're in it. You're in it. So, anyway, so it looked like somebody you're knackered, painting. You're yeah. charging around. You've got a split second. You've got to make a call. And I've, I've got to make a call in a game that is of a high intensity. The crowd is is high intensity as well. We've got to look at this as a realistic picture for somebody that's in the middle of this and has got to work out and is also connected into the game differently to you guys. So what you see on the outside sometimes is very different to what it's feeling like on the inside. So you're in and around those players. The things that I can hear, I can pick up on, I can talk to players about, you guys can't hear. So we could have a very different temperament in here than mm. what you think is happening yeah, yeah, out I've there. Yeah, I've got you. I've got you. So then when things go up on the screen, you've got all these factors to take into consideration and then you've got to look at it right okay what am I looking at here I'm looking at a a tackle with two players now I've been in that situation where one side you say that's a rugby incident and another side you say that's not a rugby incident so you again you're going back to subjectivity you're dealing with human beings dealing with human beings Mm -hmm. and people forget that we are human beings in the middle of a rugby pitch trying to sort all of this out and then all your sighting commissioners get 24 hours to do mm-hmm. all of that and look at it. When you actually put people on the spot and say, describe all of that to me, you can't do it. So then you look at me and you think, well, why can't you describe Why are you doing mm-hmm. this, why this, that? That referee is in the middle of that game, a game that is very chaotic, I think we can all agree, and he has made a decision with a TMO on something that he believes is foul play. Mm-hmm. That's what we've got to live with. People can cast their opinions, but you're not there. You've never walked in his shoes. You've never been in a game I'm that's chaotic. 14, I couldn't. You, you've never been in a chaotic game. You've never had to then stand at the screen, talk through that that 
um, HCP, talk through the foul play stuff, describe to everyone and explain to everyone what's going on, whilst trying not to go through a million replays mm. just to make 100% sure. Because everybody is going, oh, God, it just took forever to do it. Mm. I want to get it oh, no, right. I'm, I'm with you, Coxie. I'm, I'm totally with you, and I'm, I'm, I'm not getting down on the refs. What I'm getting down on is 20 years ago, rugby union was a dangerous game. It was a dangerous mm. game. Like without beyond danger, it was mm. too much, and people were getting proper bad injuries. We're seeing the the, the knock-ons as uh, from early professionalism, where where now we're seeing people with terrible diagnosis, and yeah. changes have to be made. Have to be made. We've also seen people that have been knocked out, yeah. had some smelling salts stuffed and up back there, on. and then tapped on the bum and said, right. "Go on." Now we have a duty of care to look after these yeah. guys. If people had prior knowledge about the ne- the dangers of the head knocks, and they need to be have their feet held to the fire, absolutely. Yeah. But we're now at a stage where we have awareness. We know where we're at. People are are aware that there is an element of danger and I'm I'm worried that if we don't start leaning into it we're going to continue with this drive t- towards safety and we're going to we're going to neuter what makes rugby union special and the Langdon one is the nuanced point because that one really whether what? you send him off or you're not you know what yeah, but it was the, the first one. Whereas the Caulfield one and Daffy Jenkins' yellow card. I'm like, yeah. come on, guys. Come the, the, on Caul- guys. the Caulfield and the, the Langdon one, yeah. there's your consistency. Mm-hmm. That, that I think, is everybody screams out for consistency. Yeah. You've got yeah. two consistent things that happen. With different teams. Yeah, with different teams. Okay. So, so I think we can box that off and say, you want consistency. There's your consistency. Regardless yeah. of what you agree with yeah. or not, yeah. that's, that's what we're but, looking at. But what will happen is in the review, Langdon's will definitely be upheld and he's going to have a long ban, whereas Caulfield is now free to play. So there's your challenge. Now, let's move to the tackling one. There's, someone was saying, oh, you should have just done a soak tackle. And I'm like, hang on a minute. You're, you're the captain of your nation. You're six foot eight. You're bent double. And there's a scrum off at you. I am going to level him. Like that, yeah. That's what you have to do. Yeah. The best and, news and, and there. And if he did a soak tackle, Omar's going to go berserk at him in the review. Why yeah. are you doing a soak tackle on a scrum half? You must mm. make your shot. The best he news was be having a, a Welsh TMO. Yeah, no, just... just, just <laughs> yeah, what's on it? What's <laughs> yeah. No, nothing in that. <laughs> Let <laughs> it go. He's captain the nation next week. Ben Whitehouse with a gel in his hair going, ah, don't worry about that kid. Once again, and never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Look, you're dead on right, and I think we're in this stage now where everything's evolving. And I'll go to to the World Cup Curry gets sent off for, for his high tackle earlier mm. on we then don't see another red card like that through the whole yeah, of the rest but, of the but, World Cup because they went well we're not going to have any players left so this is where I'm this is where I'm at I it's get evolution it. I'm totally with it, but but I now think that there needs to be a few voices from the other side of the bait and I don't I don't want to see the return to stamping on people in rugs and, and what have you what I want to see is maintaining an element of physicality in rugby union and, and confrontation but not going too far. It's, it's, Courtney it's like, Law said the same it, thing, didn't he? It's health yeah. and safety. Health and safety yeah. came into the world because people get their heads chopped up in factories. Now, yeah. if somebody's working on the street, on the roads, they have to wear high vis at all times. In the middle of the days, in a high vis vest, like, well, that's a bit daft. So it's just we don't want to go too far with this ingress. Rugby union has to have an element of risk. No, no, and I, I don't disagree with that. And I think what what we all have to understand is you're you're everybody forgets we are human beings. And there are going to be times where people on the outside don't agree with what's happening with the people on the inside. Now, what I want to make very clear is that these things don't just happen and then they get swept under the carpet. We will now have days and days and days of conversation about this. Next week, we will have a conversation about it. When Who's we way? meet, so so us as the the professional team in the RFU are due up into Twickenham next week. Mm-hmm. The um, guys that are involved in the Six Nations are due into a Six Nations camp next week. Mm-hmm. So they will have a week-long camp. Where are you near that? 
Uh, no, no, no. That's for for the men's stuff that's kicking okay. off, and then we'll have a, Do you get a women's AR one. or anything. No, no. Right. Anyway, um, so so we will discuss these things that happen in there. We also have um, calibration meetings. So I was on one recently where there were ten clips sent out of foul play, or not foul play, and we vote on it, and then we come together as a group and we discuss why these are foul play. Is it foul play? Is it not foul play? Uh, correct, correct. <laughs> this is what this is a foul play. So, but. But people, again, people seem to be under this illusion that we go in, we ruin everyone's afternoon, and then we go home again. When you have your referees meeting, do you walk in and go, hey, guys, what's, what'd you get if you got some brown chicken and a brown cow? Brown chicken, brown cow. <laughs> no. So I just needed to break the tension. This, no, no, this no, 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 really but I want to explain. Okay, I want to explain because because there's there's nobody knows about the referee world and i think we we need to open that up a little bit and we need to make it clear that these things don't happen on the weekend when that that card happened to the dafford jenkins your phone lights up because you're already talking about it. You're already communicating and saying, what would you do if you were in this position? And if you were in that position, what is the process you'd go through and the rationale? Now, the problem comes is when you don't have a clear rationale about why something, why you're doing something. So what it is, is that if we actually listen and really listen and absorb the words of what's happening and what the referee is saying, you will follow the rationale behind why he has got to where he's got to. You may not agree, mm-hmm. but there's a very no. clear rationale. And if you talk about it on sort of the police force side of things, they base all their decisions on rationale. And if if the outcome is wrong, they will go back to what's the your rationale. rationale? Yeah. Exactly. And this is where I'm at. We've got to be very careful that the rationale doesn't go any further. Correct, correct. And that's that's uh, that I agree with. Coxie, and I th- you're behaving I like a referee. You my, had the I know, I had the finger out, didn't I? You are so refereeing at the moment. I am, I am. You're I'm refereeing at mile an hour. <laughs> my first question to you, you went, God, what a weekend, five yellows and a red. I was like, and Nave reviewed them. Were you happy with your decisions? And you went, yeah, I was. And that's got to be good, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. But I didn't finish that review until this morning. So I've had three days of reviewing all of this. In between all of that, we've had all the foul play clips sent out to the group of us as referees so we can discuss them, all the TMO interventions as a group so we can discuss them. We will then have meetings. We have an online platform where we do a review. We are judged on our non-decisions, our errors, our interactions, our like high-impact decisions. So... Again, there is an online platform that then will get boxed off by this evening, and that's clear. Then I start my preparation tomorrow for my game on the weekend. So, it, just to make things clear, things don't just happen on a rugby pitch and then we leave it. We have a lot of yeah, discussion. They do. <laughs> we have a lot of discussion that goes around it, and then you're, you, you, whilst you guys are discussing the way that you do mm-hmm. on on open platforms, yeah. we do that in behind the scenes, and we have. They are brutal discussions at times. And how good is it that we've got this podcast that provides the bridge between the inside and the outside <laughs> with an angry former player, a, a magnificent referee, a man of the people, yeah, I'm the great where Gatsby. Going with that, yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, anyway, episode that's my 24 <laughs> of Two Locks and a Cox. Join us next week for episode 25, which if we get it recorded, puts us in the top 5% of podcasts in the world. Two Locks and a Cox. With Exeter Chiefs. Don't miss the Friendly Against the Scarlets on Saturday the 10th of February. Book your tickets today at tickethub.exeterchiefs.co.uk.